Hour number two of Canuck Central. If you missed hour one, you missed Kevin Woodley and all of his goalie takes and his goalie knowledge. Also, some thoughts on the Canucks and the accountability that is uh, potentially lacking within the organization and uh, how the front office was uh, partially absent from the season-ending availabilities. Get that on podcast. Also, we discuss where the Canucks could add their next impact player from, try to figure out the timeline of that, and if they've already done that for this offseason with the Philip Heronic acquisition. That's uh, all on the first hour of the podcast. If you missed it, go check it out now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave a review. We do very much so appreciate it. It is Wednesday, so that means it's time for Overrated Underrated here on Canuck Central. Hit the music. Yes. Overrated or underrated, you know how it works. You give us topics. We tell you if they are overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. Uh, let's bring in producer Ben Basserin for the conversation. Perfectly rated. Pretty Ooh. rare. It is very rare. We try not to sit on the fence it doesn't happen very, very often. often. Yep. We're going to start with something Woodley brought up. Okay. The president of hockey operations being present at year-end media <laughs> meetings from Austin. <laughs> overrated or underrated? Uh, like everything, discussions overrated. The act of being there underrated. I think it's just a requirement. But, and you know? like you know, we we debated it with we did not debated it with Earth, but Earth's like, you know, how often do you need to do this? And I'm like, well, just the beginning and end of year. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Beginning end of year. Now if something cataclysmic beginning has been and end of year. If there's you know problems, or, if there's yeah. a change, like the, then you should show up. Like I thought, here's credit, for instance, when he did the medical thing. The Tanner Pearson, yeah. He was there front and center. He was very presidential, took all the answers, took the heat, you know, hang, hung, hung in there and, and was very available. That was leadership. Yeah. That was availability. That was available leadership and we all gave him credit for it despite, you know, it being a very you know, thorny issues out there with, yes. and it's very difficult to look at. And but, stayed there to answer questions beyond just, you know, the medical issue with Tanner Pearson. To me, there he excelled. That's mm-hmm. one of his top moments as a leader and, and being in, you know, right front and center. When something like that happens, be available as a, as a leader of your team and beginning the end of the year. That's it. Like, I'm not asking him to talk to the media. And to me, it's not, I'm not looking at this as the biggest deal. So that's why I say the reaction as always is overrated. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a huge ask. I just think it's a requirement for a president to be there. Beginning and the end of the year. That's all you that's all you need to speak. He was speaking too much before. But well, you should be there say. beginning and the end of the year. There was a media availability this year where he openly said, I'm talking too much. I say yeah. the truth too much. Like yeah. Alvin should be doing all of yeah. this. Yeah. That was when they introduced Rick and we haven't heard from him since. No. Yeah. No, he hasn't. And it, and and to the point that he was trying to make, it's like I need to step away here. Yeah. And maybe we you know we have to allow Alvin to be that guy. So we'll see. Uh, how it all goes from this point on. But I'm, is, is it over with now? Can we stop debating? Yeah, we okay. can stop. All right, good. From Mars. <laughs> like Elias, Elias Pedersen. So Elias or Elias? Elias. Number Elias. 40 of your Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Oh, still underrated. Yeah, I'd still, he's, I'd still say he's underrated. I don't know how many people around the league truly consider him to be a top 10 center. A top 10 impact yeah. player, essentially, in the league as he was this year. Mm-hmm. You know, no player on a team as bad as the Canucks is going to get Hart Trophy consideration, but 
I think he put himself back on the radar for that type of consideration should the Canucks follow him and move closer to a playoff spot. Now, it's always going to be, you know, Connor McDavid versus the field in the NHL over the next couple of years. But, you know, Pedersen has that kind of talent, and I don't know if there's a ton of people around the league that truly recognize it the way people in Vancouver do. Yeah, and... It's going to take some time. This team has to be good. It's yeah. hard to get recognition as one of the best players in the when league. When you're not doing it in the playoffs, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And, and that's where he has to do it, and hopefully the team gets there and he can show the world. I will say uh, I did find it interesting that Elliot had Patterson on his ballot or on the radar for Selkie Trophy vote mm. this year in uh, in his latest 32 Thoughts blog. And that's, that's good. I mean, I think he's a big hitter, obviously. So what he says goes a long way in terms of creating discourse and yep. putting him into that stratosphere. And people are noticing. They're understanding. It's going to take some time. He'll get there. Next, we move to Elias Patterson. Ah. ah. Overrated, underrated signing him. <sighs> I mean, can we just say perfectly rated? <laughs> they signed a <laughs> There it is. Right? There it is. Because I mean, to me, this one is like, what are we going to say? Underrated? I mean, he's, we can't we can't say he, that he can't be properly rated yet, right? Well, it's just a, the contract overrated. Yeah, signing um, him. It, well, the question was signing him, right? Overrated, underrated. The or, signing of the defense. The signing of the defenseman. Yeah, it's not overrated. It's no. not underrated. It's a prospect you're going to sign. It's just you normally sign your second round picks to entry level contracts. It's rated. Yes. The the player is uh, promising. You know, you get a third round draft choice who's had as much success as he did in the SHL this year in his D plus one year. Great. You signed a mid range prospect. <laughs> it's a little overrated just because of the coincidence with Elias Patterson. But we could say this People about get almost, excited about it for no reason. You could say this about almost any prospect of any sports franchise in any of the four major sports. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like who hasn't? Uh, if you're a Jays fan or a Mariners fan and you're really into it, like there's there's a few prospects at Double A that you've probably overrated in your lifetime. <laughs> I think I'd say it's probably one or two or more. I mean, yeah. a lots of them. I mean, go through every single draft you've looked at. Yeah. And look at how many first round picks you thought were going to be good players and weren't. Mm. You usually don't remember. Time. You'll remember the ones you you thought were going to be good, and you're like, man, I know talent. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. And that, I'm including myself in this. Don't remember all the ones you said were going to be great that ended up not being so great. No, exactly. All right, there's, next. There's a few, like Philip Zadina. <laughs> Many in this city think the downfall of the prospect system started with Mike Gillis. From mm. Adam, overrated, underrated, the Mike Gillis tenure with the Canucks. Uh, depends on what we're looking at. Drafting, obviously, way overrated. They didn't do, any, do a good job with it. It produced the greatest seasons in Canucks franchise history. I don't know how you could underrate that. Yeah. I don't know how you could overrate it. I I mean, I I think the over sometimes like anything in this market, there's always a call for the person who was here in the past that has success. It's like, okay, we just bring back Gillis. So I think there's a lot of that. It's like, you know, people make it out to be like, he's the best GM they've ever had. You got, why can't you be Gillis? Why don't you bring Gillis back? Gillis has to come back. And I think that gets a little onerous and it makes it seem like okay like yeah Gillis was a good executive but let's not make him out to be the greatest executive we've ever seen in the world like there are other general managers this team can hire that's not Mike Gillis in the future right so I think that's overrated the whole notion of you know bring Gilly back which I think is a bit of a joke sometimes but the era of in and of itself especially how they push the boundaries on things that other teams are now doing yeah it was underrated um 
There's like a weird obsession in this market to bring back players that used to play on the team. <laughs> I, I, I bet we're having a Troy Stetcher comment come in at the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line at some point soon. Should the Canucks bring Stetcher back? Mm-hmm. Should the Canucks bring Shen back? They've moved on. Right. It's fine. You know, they were good while they were here, and they've they've moved on now. Anyways, I, I, I don't know. I, I just didn't feel this in other markets. Moving on to a current player, the Canucks. JT Miller as a potential captain from Darth. Ooh. Not Vader, just Darth. It's overrated. I like JT. I am Team JT. We've generally been Team JT on this show more th- more so than others. Uh, the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks is either wearing number 40 or 43. Yeah, I'd say so. Or he's not on the roster currently. Or he's not. Okay. Curveball. Yeah. that's my. That, so one of the takes I've been workshopping a little bit. And I'm not presenting it fully, but I'm going to, you know, workshop it here Ooh, and overrate it okay. a little bit. That okay. if if this team doesn't have one of these guys emerge as a leader and they don't think they're a true leader, the next star they're going to try to acquire, we talk about, mm-hmm. they're going to be looking to add somebody to come in and, and be that guy. Interesting. And again, this is just a, like, I'm not reporting anything. I'm yeah. just workshop idea, that's all. Workshop Work, idea. Yeah, workshopping a take. Okay. So would that be like bringing in a Ryan O'Reilly type of person who's a... Yeah, Sad leader? thinks they're bringing in Mark Messier. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, much. pretty much. <laughs> he, he's back. He's back. <laughs> and this time he's your captain again. And he's not taking the seat from anybody because you don't have a captain. Well, it felt... Uh, so around the All-Star break, it felt like it was Pedersen as the, uh, the future captain of the Vancouver Canucks. By the season's end... It almost felt like Quinn Hughes took over uh, number one in the power rankings of who could be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks ahead of Patterson. Yeah, I, I, I'd say that being a captain comes more natural to Quinn than it does Patterson. But Patterson is your ideal candidate of those guys because of his stature on the team. Mm-hmm. But is he that guy? Is he that guy? And even and, and I'm not doubting his ability to be a yeah. captain. I'm doubting his desire to be a captain. Because he himself has been lukewarm on the idea. He's talked about it's it's great, but is that truly what he wants? Is that going to be what makes him tick and gets the most out of him? Because if it's not, you can't force it into onto a guy. Next. As a branch from this topic, yep. overrated, underrated, your best player on your team being your captain. Uh, I'd say it's underrated, generally. It's it's easiest if your best player is your best leader. Yeah. It's the easiest. How many teams have we seen do that? Who's the guy on Florida that was the captain for like one random? Right, McKenzie. <laughs> Wasn't it, uh, McKenzie? What's the name? Yeah. yeah. It's like me who? To that. I'm gonna show my age, but Dirk Graham of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, number thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, or Kelly Buckberger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ryan you, Smith. You could make the argument. Brandon Scott, Morrow. You could make the argument Scott Mellenby was maybe the best player on that Florida team that went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Well, Ben Beesbrook had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. he did. But yeah. I, I always found Scott Mellenby to be an interesting captain. He was. Decent player, right? But, yeah, I mean, I'd say that it's best if your best player is a captain. Yeah. It just makes it easier. Or at least one of your very does, elite, like, top elite players. Guys know, yeah. right? Like, and Stamkos isn't the best player on Tampa, but it's fine for him to be. Like, he's in that discussion. Yes. You know? And he had been the best yeah. player And he has team been, for sure. For that, for a long time. All right, moving on to John and John calling games in Boston. <laughs> Shorty and Cheech. Underrated. Overrated because it's not the Canucks they're calling. <laughs> yeah. 
He's I mean, great. underrated because how many more games of John and John are we getting? So just enjoy what we have left. That's very wholesome, Dan. Yeah. I love how, like, everybody else around the league is like, wow, John Shorthouse and John Garrett, these guys are really good. We got validation <laughs> from Toronto, finally. Thanks, Hebsher. <laughs> As if nobody ever realized that Shorty and Cheech are really good at their jobs. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, it's uh, it's underrated. Love, love Shorty and Cheech. The For more sure. we get of Shorty and Cheech, the better. The better. Uh, speaking of Toronto... Suspension came down today. Michael Bunting, three games for the hit on Chernak. So overrated, I'm, underrated. Essentially, uh, overrated is saying you think it's harsh and underrated uh, is That's you what either I'm, agree I'm with, with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, think it's, I think it's overrated. So Mark Shifley got four games for that oh. incredibly predatory hit on Jake Evans yeah. in, the, in the North Division bubble. And this got three games? Yep. Like, it's not a good hit. It's not. It's not a good hit. I don't see intent there from Bunting, really. He's trying to get his body onto Chernak and ends up, you know, lifting his, his arm a little bit too then much. Then it's interference. That. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a penalty, and it should be, should have been a suspension. And you hit him in the head when it's interference. three games? It's right. I, I think it's underrated. Three games? Should have been four. I would have got an extra game for it. Oh, man. Three and, uh, games is pucks, a lot. The puck's nowhere near them. Nowhere near them. The puck's behind the behind the net. There was the elbow to, from uh, Chernak to Bunting earlier in the game. So it was a little bit of a guy who was like the most violent suspensions in NHL history before the show. So that's even, you know what, so that's even. Mark Shifley, Dale Hunter. <laughs> so I think I think what you just said proves intent then. Because if, if Chernak uh, gave I an elbow. So, yeah. Then Bunting was thinking that and he was trying to get him back. If anything, just, that proves the fact it was intent and he was malicious <laughs> and he was trying to hurt Surinac. Should have been five. I, I, I had two games to it. I just don't think he was going for the head. But he was definitely, you know, he wanted to hit Chernak. It's it's pretty clear. But the point I'm making is, regardless of intent or otherwise, which is always hard to uh, always hard to gauge, and I shouldn't have gone there to begin with, so that's on me. Um, <laughs> and you're right to call me out for it. It's fair. It's totally fair. It's totally fair. Um, I, I just, how is Shifley four games and then the bunting is, is three games. Yeah, at least Evans You're had the You're telling me if this happened in season, this would have been a six game suspension. If we're using the whole, like, we're trying to figure out a math equation for what equals a playoff game suspension. I'm and, just, it would have been a four. Would have been a four. Three or four. But is that actually how they do it? They say that stuff. It's like yeah. when Aaron Rome got the four games in the cup final. That should have been 30 games then based on the cup final <laughs> games. Like each game is like four or five or whatever yeah. it is, six or whatever. How was the uh, bunting hit worse than the one delivered by Hartman a few weeks ago against Winnipeg? Yeah. Hmm. Three games seems a bit excessive. It's. I thought it was fair. He, Dude, he concussed the guy. The puck's yeah. not even there. Now, you guys said it was a reverse hit. You reverse hit when you have the puck. <laughs> I mean, anybody can put their butt or elbow into a guy's face. It's harsh. I think it's a, it's a bit of a reputation call on Bunting because the league doesn't like him. This leads into our next topic about the Toronto Maple Leafs. From our own Eddie Gregory, Vancouver fans taking joy in the Leafs' playoff misery. Underrated. Do it. Got to take your little victory somewhere. <laughs> After a while, it gets a little hollow when the Canucks haven't been in the playoffs <laughs> in forever. All you have is to punt on the Leafs. Hey, Canucks have still been in three more Stanley Cup finals than the Maple Leafs had since their inception. So, Quit living off of that. <laughs> Time for some new memories in this town. That's true. But, you know. I mean, what? We're coming up You're on You're thinking 30... about a Leafs fan base that still talks about the Doug Gilmore high stick. I know, you know, but we're coming up on 30 years since the Canucks beat the Leafs in 94. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Um, it's still underrated. You know what? That's part of the joy of watching sports, is hating on your rival fan base. You should hate on I mean, that's completely underrated. I mean, I, I think soccer does it best. Yes. Because you literally will watch the other team's games just to hate on them. Yes. Like, it's part of your, like, you're part of your viewing as a soccer fan, a EPL fan, is to watch the other teams and root against them. Like, I actively watch Arsenal games to laugh. Now, <laughs> it's been a lot of crying because Chelsea's been yes. bad this year. And it's gone the other way. But usually... You've had many years laughing at Arsenal, and now they laugh at you. They laugh very heartily. Karma I, works in funny ways. I still have Tottenham to laugh at, though. <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, you know, no Canucks fan wants to see the Bruins win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I think that, you know, sort of... That makes it ...goes fun. back to the, the John and John uh, question from earlier. But cheering against these teams, that's what sports... That's a, yeah. Most of pro sports is about is cheering against the greatest. Don't take away the emotion. You want it to be good natured for as much as possible. Yeah, you know, people do cross the line, but yeah, as long as it's good natured, stay, uh, stay, keep it PG. You know, <laughs> or if you are going <laughs> X-rated, don't say anything that you get canceled over. Yes. All right, next we're, we're going to switch sports here for the next two questions. Basketball Phil would like to know: Is it overrated or underrated stomping on your opponent's chest <laughs> during a basketball game? Uh, okay. After having so, your ankle so, be grabbed. Yeah, Sabonis ended up with a uh, sternum contusion, they said, which is just like... You he got a, stomped he got, on the chest. He got a bruise on his chest. Yeah, he got stomped on the chest. Okay, he grabbed his foot, sure. Yeah. He stomped the guy in the chest. Mm -hmm. Don't step on a guy. And then the other thing is, like, after you do that and you're playing up to the crowd the way you are inciting, like... He was being an idiot. I'm sorry. Like, I like Draymond. I usually defend Draymond. I like defending him. I like the emotion and the passion and everything. He was wrong. He was wrong. Like, it was like he deserved that suspension. And he has a reputation. He's a repeat offender. Like, multiple things far. can be true at the same time, I think, on this one. Draymond is, ends up being wrong for stomping. Yes. But the stomp doesn't happen without the grabbing of the foot. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sabonis, don't grab the man's foot. Yeah, don't. I mean, yeah, don't grab the man's foot. Sure. You incited his anger. Yeah, but that's like, yeah. I mean, that's like saying in hockey, you got hit hard, so you can take a headshot on the guy. It's like, no. I mean, he hit him. Should have been a penalty, maybe. Like, it's, you can't get an mad over a guy hooking eye. you. Yeah. I right. Need, we need Gandhi in here. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Well, yeah. Well, like a blocking <laughs> foul. Down. Does a blocking foul justify you? Yeah. You know, punching guy in the chest. That's fair. Probably not. It's hard to defend Draymond. Like, the guy's track record and his it's rap horrible. sheet is pretty long at this point, yeah. right? All we, right? We couldn't do a segment without me asking a golf question. Let's go. Overrated, underrated. Tiger Woods making the cut at the Masters. On one foot. On one foot as he just had <laughs> surgery today. Oof. Underrated, man. Underrated. I, I completely feel I, like I feel so differently about Tiger's Masters performance now. The amount like, of talent. You're just like, he's hopping around on yeah. one leg well now we know why we saw that you know the viz of him like looking like a 93 year old man walking around augusta i didn't need no he needs surgery <laughs> it's like he can't can't flex his ankle at all and why finish the 18 he finished the whole third round tiger like you didn't have to do this to yourself so <laughs> but he makes the cut for the 25th yeah. straight time but what's the like I, I get it but like like what what's driving him still to go through all this competition pain? i I know, but man, like it's surgery after surgery. It's pain after pain. Chasing like, Jack. Yeah, He's still chasing, chasing Jack. Ego. Yeah. I, think yeah. it's just, I think it's just in his DNA too. I, I guess though. But I mean, like he literally has to, it's almost impossible for him to put four good days together because of how hard it is for his body to get going. Yeah. 
Like, the amount of work he has to put in to play in a single tournament, it's insane to me. And now just another surgery? Just to play. Let like, alone, you know, play yeah. well. Um, like, Irv tweeted at me, and he was like, this guy won uh, the 2008 U.S. Open on one leg with the torn ACL and all this stuff. And, like, we all remember it, right? You know, that when he's just limping around mm -hmm. trying to finish that round, and he, and he does anyways. Wins it. Plays an extra round as a playoff. But yeah. he was in his prime when that happened. Yeah. He's 47 now. Has had like 73 surgeries. 15 years ago. His leg was, you know, destroyed in that car accident not that long ago. Man. And yet there he is out there making the cut on, again, one one good leg. Man, I, I blew my knee out a decade over a decade ago. Had a reconstructive yeah. surgery, and I'm still dealing with it. And I'm like, eh, this is difficult half the time. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's so, like, so, so insane. Oh, wow. Tiger. Unbelievable. All right, next. Negronis by Ooh. Carter. Uh, I don't know. Uh, underrated. Mm. Probably I, my uh, favorite aperitivo. I'd say overrated. Oh, man. Because I just don't love them. Really? I've tried them a few times. They're fine. That's just my personal opinion. I know people love them. They're just, you know. It's a great way to start your dinner. Your dinner out. Aperitivo. Yeah. Aperitivo, yeah. Nice. Uh, uh, Negroni's great. Love me an old-fashioned. Um, and sometimes, if I want it super light, I'll just go uh, Campari and soda. Mm. I actually went to a place. Like, That's first, very summery. Yes. When I first uh, came to Vancouver, I, I was at a bar in, in the summer. And uh, I asked for a Campari and soda. They gave me a full glass of Campari. Full <laughs> glass. And then a full glass of soda. I'm like, what, is, what am I supposed to do with this? You're supposed to mix them. Can I get a third glass, please? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all of this kabaddi. You gave me like a good chunk of the bottle here. <laughs> a late addition from your production team here is a question. We noticed on TV the Boston Bruins doing the little siren wind-up thing oh, yeah, before yeah, their yeah. game. Overrated, underrated, getting alumni special guests to wind up the siren before a game. Fans love it. Home crowd loves it. Yeah. They get jacked up for it. Yep. It does nothing for the TV audience. No. It's just <laughs> just for the drop home the crowd. pocket. Let's play the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, for us watching it, if you're at the rink, though, people lose it. They love it. Everything is about the vibes at the rink. Yeah. You know, you got to get the fans as jacked up as possible. And uh, sometimes you don't need to do a little bit extra, but I guess when you're the Boston Bruins, you've had a few trips around the around the tour, so you're kind of used to it by now. I've gone down this rabbit hole, and I've tweeted at both of you guys, overrated, underrated. Pre-game presentations from the 80s and early 90s. Just no bells and whistles, no lasers, no on-ice projections. Just lights up, players hitting the ice. Let's go. The nostalgia from the 90s. I yeah. went down that rabbit hole recently. And like, just, those are nice. Those are good days, right? Yeah. This is an old man yells at cloud take here, Eddie. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it is, right? Just but, going back to my youth a little bit, right? I'm Watching with you. Hawking Eight Canada, one game on a Saturday night, starting at 5 o'clock, and just the atmosphere of the arena, and that's it. It's, an, it's, a, it's a current generation. You need to have an oversaturation of mm -hmm. -stimulation. Like, stimulation like, of everything. Yeah. Otherwise, like it's like, I'm bored. Okay, yeah. so here's the rebuttal. If the Canucks are to make the playoffs, and there's 18,000 people in Rogers Arena, and the lights go down before game one, and U2 starts playing, there's a flyover of Vancouver and some great video, and the bells and horns and train goes off like it used to 15 years ago place is gonna go insane yeah it's gonna go nuts and then someone winds up a siren 
and the place is going to be exploding. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of it, though. That's the generation that you grew up with. I know I'm showing my age compared to you, Ben. I don't know, <laughs> but there was a charm. It was just the rink and seeing it now. Basically, nice. Basically, what Eddie's saying is the Vegas Golden Knights ruined hockey. No, no, no. <laughs> Those are crazy. I don't have a problem with what Vegas did uh, because it's Vegas. Yeah. They have to entertain, and I think they knocked it out of the park. They know their market, and they nailed it. Mm-hmm. But just go watch some Hockey Night Canada videos from the 80s and 90s, and there's a bit of a charm there where there's just no bells and whistles in the pregame presentation. Uh, it is, yeah, I don't know. We go to so many Canucks games that by the end of the year, we can basically recite the pregame video. The Mission Impossible <laughs> video. <laughs> so it's kind of like over my head a little bit on what it's like to be a fan and being in the... Because for mostly, like, they're in there for one game, right? How many Target is For a lot of the fan base, a lot of the people in the barn, of course, outside of season ticket holders, you're in there for that one game a year, and you're enjoying the heck out of it, and every extra little bell and whistle you'll take home with you as a memory. So, mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I think that all that stuff now yeah. has gone a long way. Like, I, I, like the game presentation at Canucks games this year, they've been a lot of fun. Like, in the last couple of games, like, a couple years. I'm not ripping been, it. Yeah. I'm not ripping it saying it's bad. It's added to the production value, made it a better experience. But I'm just saying there's some charm when there wasn't all that extra bells and whistles. It's just, here's the game, and let's go. The game was the star, and that's it. That's a fair point. Uh, all right. That's overrated underrated here on uh, Canucks Central. Shouts to uh, Ben Bassron and Eddie Gregory. Doing a fantastic job. Um, coming up, we're going to get in on some of these uh, some of these games. Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins at the end of one. We'll dip in on the Carolina Hurricanes and New York Islanders. Carolina leading 2-1 in that game. Stan Richo, Satyar Shaw. You are listening to Canuck Central.